0: Thank you for listening to Sermons by Chaplain Braswell. This ministry desires to help people know and live for Christ through the preaching of God's Word. And now, today's message. If you have your Bibles, I hope that you do, I invite you to turn to the book of Song of Solomon. I want to share one passage of Scripture with you right here at the beginning as we continue our series, Love, Marriage, and Sex. God's way. The Hebrew title for the book of Song of Solomon, as we've already said, is Song of Songs. That is how the Hebrew language would say this is the best of songs. This book is very important to the Old Testament. It's important to the Bible to understand what God has to say to us about marriage. As we've been preaching through this series, I did an introduction a few weeks ago, and then you heard Chaplain Bryant Because Chaplain Bryant's been, him and Angela's been married for 30 years and and he is the master of of saying the right things and praising his spouse, we said, oh, we need to get Chaplain Bryant to preach on what the Song of Solomon teaches us about praising your spouse, which is a great blessing, amen. By the way, you can go on our Facebook page and you can listen to all these sermons through the podcast link. The following week, we had Chaplain Harrison. He asked that I call him Mr. Intimacy, Mr. Romance. Because last week, what did he preach on? He preached on intimacy, he preached on that, and we said, yeah, Chaplain Harrison is the perfect candidate to preach on that. Well, now you got Chaplain Braswell, I don't know what this says about me, but I'm going to be preaching on conflict. (laughs) Maybe you can ask Cheryl, and she's probably over here thinking, I can tell you all about some conflict with this guy for 15 years. But that's what we're going to be talking about today, is this idea of conflict Chaplain Harrison left off. We won't go back and read it. But in Song of Solomon, chapter 4 and 5, I will say that that was the consummation of their marriage. And you actually have God come and say, This is great. God blesses their marriage. And it is the picture of the marital consummation, marital bliss. But in just a moment, we're going to read in Song of Solomon 5, where all of a sudden there's trouble in paradise. Trouble in paradise. All throughout the Song of Solomon, I belong to my lover, his desires for me, all these great statements of, of their love for one another, which is a, a ideal, a biblical picture of, of a relationship between a husband and wife, but today we're going to talk about the little foxes. I want you to look at Song of Solomon chapter 2. I want you to look at verse number 15. This is the Shulamite speaking. We're going backwards a little bit, this is leading up to the actual marriage in the Chronologically, if you want to look at it that way, look at verse 15 with me. She makes this statement. Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom. It is a warning that she is saying, catch the little foxes in the vineyard. In other words, if you're tending a vineyard or a garden of any kind, what would a fox do? Well, a fox comes in and eats your produce. That's, that's the idea. And she's saying just like you have a garden, you've got to tend it, you've got to guard it against things that's, that's going to mess it up, that's going to eat the produce, that's going to make it unproductive. She's saying in our relationship, we need to guard those foxes, those little foxes. What's interesting, if you're like me, sometimes if you think back to your relationship with your spouse, sometimes big things come from very small things, don't they? The little foxes, the things that spoil the vineyard. So in, just, in this morning, we're going to look at five, I think, biblical examples of little foxes that you and I need to be careful of. Back in the 1990s, a man by the name of John Gray, he wrote a book, and it was called Men Are From Mars, and Women Are From, everybody remember? Venus. Well, he sold 50 million copies. He apparently struck a chord with people. It was translated into at least 50 different languages. Can you imagine that? It was on the bestseller list for 121 weeks. That's over two years. CNN called it the highest ranking work of nonfiction of the 1990s. I think he struck a chord, but I would change it and say it this way. It's not so much that men are from Mars and women are from Venus. It's that men and women both are from Earth. And we learn through Scripture that all of us are sinners, that all of us are fallen. You can go all the way back to Genesis 3, and you can see that on the one hand, God created Us, in his image, it was very good, but then you keep breeding, and then human history tells the rest of the story. All of us are fallen creatures, and at some point, we are going to have challenges with what we're going to call this morning, the little foxes that ruin the vineyard. I think in my introduction sermon, I think I made this statement. I said each of our spouses should come with a couple of warning labels. One of the warning labels that I mentioned to you in the first sermon, I said, like everyone should have a label. Warning, I will not support the weight of your soul. In other words, oh, if I just find the right person, everything's going to be perfect. No, God's going to, your spouse is a blessing to you. Your spouse is from the Lord, but we need to look to the Lord ultimately for those things. I will not support the weight of your soul. But I think there might be some other uh, warning labels. Number two, warning, I am different than you. I'm not exactly like you. I don't, I don't think like you. These are some warnings guarding the foxes. There's going to be trouble. There's going to be challenges, and we're going to see that this morning. Remember, when you read through the Song of Solomon, we've said this every week, I believe, it is a picture of, of an ideal relationship between a husband and a wife. It is also a picture of Christ and his church. Chaplain Bryant said, which one is it? And he said, remember, he said, yes, they're they're both. Because our marriages should be a picture of the gospel. Our marriages should be a picture of the gospel. In saying that, as we get going with our points in just a minute, I am fully aware, as all of our chaplains have said, I think every week, that we know that we do not live in a perfect world. We do not necessarily always have the ideal. Many of us live with regrets. We live with heartaches. We live with sinful decisions on our part. We live with decisions that someone else made that was wrong that has definitely affected us and hurt us. If you're someone here and you're in an abusive relationship, we want you to be safe. If you're here and you're being physically harmed in some way, Let me be clear, we want you to reach out to somebody because God doesn't want you to be physically abused. Amen. We know we live in a world where evil happens. We know we live in a world where relationships fall. But this picture here is a picture of Christ and the church. And let me say this. I know everybody here is not married. The interesting thing about the principles that we're going to talk about is even if a person is not married, These principles can very much apply to all types of relationships in our lives, our family members, our friends, our co-workers. And we'll get to that as as we plug away through here. There's just going to come time where where we have to deal with these things. Let me share a marriage verse for you. You don't have to turn there, but I'm going to read it to you. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4, listen to this. This is a marriage verse where you can write this down on your little insert, maybe at the top but it's an interesting principle, and Proverbs fourteen four says this: where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oxen, like all animals, do their oxen business in the manger. He's simply making the point: if you have a manger, if you have a stable, and there's no oxen there, there's no animals there, the stable will be clean. But he says, but much increase comes by the strength of the ox. If there's no ox, you don't get any work done. In other words, if you wanted to make a profit in agriculture, you have to plant. If you're going to plant, you have to plow. If you had to plow, you're going to have to plow with something. An ox would be helpful, right? No oxen, a clean barn, but no work. If you're going to get some work done with the ox, that's great, but you're going to have a smelly barn. I would say that's a marriage verse because you and I have to understand if we're going to live our lives together as, as as a family, as married couples, and if you and I are going to have to deal with the stuff of life, sometimes there's going to be that stuff of life business that shows up that we have to clean up. And that's what we simply mean by the little foxes. We'll flip over to Song of Solomon chapter 5 and we'll read one more passage out of this book and then we'll begin with our points of the different foxes look at song of solomon 5 we're going to begin in verse 2 and i've already mentioned this but in verse 1 of chapter 5 it's i came to my garden i ate my honeycomb i drank my wine drank my milk remember the phrase adults if you know what i mean that is the consummation of the marriage and that's all i'll say about that i think everybody understands what we're talking about but then there's trouble in paradise let's read it together Verse number two, this is the Shulamite talking. Right after that great moment of marital bliss and God blessing it, she says this, I slept, but my heart was awake. Some say this perhaps is a dream. I don't know for sure, but it says a sound. My beloved is knocking. And he says this, he says, Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my perfect one. So he's, he's doing the right things, right? He's praising, it seems like. He says, my head is wet with dew and my locks with the drop of the night. In other words, it may, you know what it makes me think of? Some of y'all have experienced this. A late night at the office. A late night at the field. He's coming in late. And he's knocking on the door to be with his wife. But look at what she says in verse 3. I had put off my garment." How could I put it back on? I had bathed my feet. How could I soil them? In other words, you're too late, buddy. I'm all cleaned up. I'm in the bed. so there's a little little friction here. Look at verse four. "My beloved put his hand to the latch, and my heart was thrilled within me. So on the one hand, she was excited, he was coming to the door. So he says, she says, I rose to my beloved, and my hands dripped with myrrh, my fingers with liquid myrrh on the handles of the bolt. It, everything smelled good. She was ready. But then it says in verse 6, I opened to my beloved. So he knocks first, and she goes, ah, it's too late now. But then she changes her mind, and she does come to the door. Well, what happens next? Verse number 6, I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had turned and gone. So the little miscommunication here. My soul failed me when he spoke. I sought him but found him not. I called him, but he gave no answer. I know nobody in this room has ever had what we would call a failure to communicate in that way, where one person wanted one thing, one person wanted the other, and some things happen, and so we have a little bit of friction here. We have some contention. Well, I want to share with you five little foxes that I think you and I can pay attention to. As we go through these, before I get to them, let me say this too. Some of these foxes, you're going to go, praise the Lord, I'm not dealing with that right now. Well, thank the Lord, that's good. For those of you that are single and and maybe you're waiting for God to to bring whoever you're, you're, maybe God leads you to be married, make notes of these things and and look for these things in the future. But there's going to be some of us, we're going to see these foxes and we're going to go, pfft. Oh, that's me right now. That's okay, because we're going to talk about God has a solution for those things too, amen. God's, God's good. His mercy is more, as we have sing about. We're going to talk about those things together. So the first fox, point number one, here it is. The fox, beware the fox, catch the fox of wrong priorities and distorted roles. Catch the fox, number one, of wrong priorities and distorted roles. You don't have to turn there, but I want to point something out. If you go all the way back to the book of Genesis, you see the order of priority. God created Adam. God created Adam a helper who was Eve. And then later on they had children. The priorities for married couples, your priorities are this, number one. Your priority to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Who's number one? It's God. It's, it's the Lord Jesus. And then number two is your spouse. Remember what God said. He, he created man, and when he uses the word man, he means all humans. He made man in his image, male and female, he created them. The right priorities is number one, God. Number two, your spouse. And then number three, your children. Oh, but chaplain, you don't understand. I love my children so much. I sure hope that you do. I love my children too. But I said this in the first sermon. Do you know what the best thing you can do for your children? Do number one and number two. Love God and love your spouse. And then love your children as well. Follow after that pattern. When we get our priorities wrong, there's going to be foxes that that creep up. That's a warning in our lives that we need to reprioritize our lives. The most important thing is, number one, wrong priorities and distorted roles. I want you to understand that right off the bat. Number two is this. Your second fox I want you to catch. Catch the fox of intimacy stagnation. Catch the fox of intimacy stagnation. I want you to turn to a couple of passages with me. You can hold your place in the Song of Solomon, but flip backwards just a little bit to Proverbs chapter 30. If you have a Bible or you have it digitally, simply go look for it. Look at Proverbs chapter 30, verses 18 and 19. I want you to hear another passage. that talks about the beauty of of our relationship with our husband or with our wife. Here's what God says about it in Proverbs 30, 18 and 19. He says, three things are beyond me for I cannot understand. The way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a snake on a rock, the way of a ship at sea, and the way of a man with a young woman. He's simply, God is making the point there, there is something special when couples fall in love. There's something special when lightning flash, sparks fly, and people get married. Paul reminds us it's important to have passion in our intimacy. Throughout 1 Corinthians, for example, intimacy, stagnation, beware that fox. Beware that fox of stagnation. Life comes at us. Deployments come. Trainings come. All these things happen. Beware of intimacy, stagnation. Do you know what one of the solutions is to intimacy, stagnation? Go back to Song of Solomon and let me show you this. Time and time again, this happens in Song of Solomon, and I believe this will help us with our intimacy stagnation. Look at Song of Solomon chapter four, verse twelve. Look at what what he calls her: a garden locked is my sister, my bride. He calls her his sister. Flip over to Song of Solomon chapter five, verse two. At the end of that verse, he says, "Open to me, my sister, and my love." It's a term of friendship, it's a term of endearment. Flip over, you may not have to flip. Song of Solomon chapter five, verse sixteen. Look at what the Shulamite calls him. His mouth is sweet, he's altogether desirable. This is my beloved. Song of Solomon five sixteen, and this is my friend, O oh daughters of Jerusalem. One of the keys of our of our intimacy is not simply physical, but it's, it's our genuine friendship. Our prayer should be that as they give us the example in Song of Solomon, that we become closer and closer friends as we live our lives together. If you find that the fox of intimacy stagnation has come into the marriage, go back to the friendship. And I believe God's principle will work. And as we, as we, as we love God and as we truly care about each other and become friends, It'll help us to be blessed if you're single and you're dating somebody and maybe you're like I pray that this person is the one I married or I'm not sure my encouragement to you is be friends with that person I have done marriage counseling with people who said I really wasn't their friend back then they were just so good-looking. I had I married him If you can't be friends before you're married, it's going to be a real challenge when you're married to be friends be friends with your potential spouse, married folks be be friends. Married folks be friends to each other as an example to your children. So two foxes so far. Fox number three. This is a big one. You can call it a little fox because sometimes it starts little, but they they tend to get big. Number three is the fox of bad communication. Communication challenges. I, I struggle on what to call it, but anything dealing with communication. Beware this fox. Two weeks ago we had a whole sermon devoted to praising your spouse. If you read through the Song of Solomon, you're gonna see time and time again where they praise one another. Goat's teeth and sheep hair and all that stuff. Remember though, it was all about praising the spouse. They're all together lovely. Nobody's like them. They're mine. I'm them. Praising spouse, important. But in communication, remember a couple of Bible verses. Let me let me share one with you. You don't have to turn there. You probably have heard this many times in Proverbs chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. It says this. It says, A gentle answer turns away anger, but harsh words stir up wrath. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge attractive, but the mouth of fools blurts out foolishness. Proverbs 15 also says, A gentle tongue is a tree of life. But perverseness in it breaks the spirit. What a concept. Communication. How we treat one another is crucial in guarding against this fox of, of bad communication. Sometimes that communication can be critical. Have you ever experienced that? Criticism. You always. You never. Which, by the way, typically is not true. Not always and never. Sometimes it's defensiveness. You come after me with something, I'm playing defense. i got something to give right back to you. Defensiveness. Sometimes it's content. I know nobody in here has ever talked down to their spouse. You know what I'm talking about? You're holier than thou. You're the one who messed up, and I'm going to show you all the reasons. Maybe someone's talking to me, and I I roll my eyes, or I, (laughs) I scoff, a scoffer. Or maybe the silent treatment. I'll show you. I'm not going to yell and scream with you, but but we're going to go days and days, and we're not going to talk. I'm just going to do the silent treatment. Poor communication—that's what we're talking about here. Beware that fox, because here's the thing about the fox: it might be something small, but guess what? Eventually, it's going to eat the whole vineyard. Let me share a verse with you that I think gives a little bit of a of a of God's way of dealing with bad communication. I want you to turn to it. So take your Bible. If you have one and turn to Ephesians chapter four, Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty nine, Ephesians chapter four is only one chapter prior to Paul giving us direction about husbands and wife specifically. But in Ephesians chapter four, he talks about how to speak to one another. I believe this principle in this verse applies beyond marriage, but it certainly applies in marriage as well. Look at what he says in Ephesians four, verse twenty nine. He says, no foul language is to come from our mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who hear. If you think about any argument, disagreement, whatever you call it, that you've had, how different would it be if you and I applied that verse? No no harsh language, no foul language, only something that's going to help build that other person up. And it's done in grace, God's way. That's communication, God's way. Tommy Nelson is a pastor at Denton Bible Church in Texas, and he, if you want to look up a great Song of Solomon sermon series that we certainly, no shame, have pulled from his well many times in getting ready for our sermons, he shared what was called the top ten tips on fighting fear. And I have them right here in my hand. Remember Dave Letterman, he used to have the top ten on the late show. Well, I got the top ten tips on fighting fair, and they're going to be on the slide, so y'all can show them as I go. Number ten, the next slide. Confront problems quickly. That's, that's number ten. Number ten, confront problems quickly. Bad stuff doesn't get better with time. Confront it quickly. Number nine, listen well. Learn to be a good listener. You know what some of us are doing while we're listening? trying to figure out what wonderful thing I'm going to say next. No, just listen. Number eight, limit the discussion to the current issue. Remember what love does in 1 Corinthians 13. It keeps no record of wrongs. Fighting fair, in other words, having a discussion. Don't bring up all the dirty laundry stuff. Limited current. What am I on? Number eight, that was number eight. Number seven, use iMessages. messages. In other words, here's how I feel. Here's what I think. Not you, you, you. Sometimes in counseling, as I have couples before me and we're, we're working on marriage stuff, I say, what is one thing each of you can do to fix this marriage? And then I give them this caveat. Your answer cannot be, well, if he would just fill in the blank, and if she would just fill in the blank, I want to know what you can do. Then it becomes an I statement. I'm going to own my sin. I'm going to own what I can do to fix it. Use I statements. Number six. Number six, avoid always, avoid never. Avoid these crazy blanket statements that probably aren't actually true. Again, have had couples before me, he or she always, and I'll go, well, they're actually sitting there right now. They're not they're not doing it right now, so by definition, that's not always. So we have some work, we have some room for growth here. Always and never, avoid that stuff. Number five, number five. Avoid name calling put downs, avoid uh, character assassination don't do that, just avoid it just trust me, number four use appropriate no shouting if it doesn't really need to be a shouting match use appropriate language everything doesn't call for volume 10, off the the knob stuff, be careful number three, this is going to be hard Winning and losing is not important. I know that comes as a shock to type A people who win at all cost is the end all be all. Winning and losing is not important. What's important is your marriage and my marriage being a picture to the world of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what's important. There's no communication problem that's more important than our relationship with the Lord and our relationship with one another. Win, lose, isn't important. Number two. Determine limits. Or I'll say it this way. Speak to your spouse in the way that you would like to be spoken to. I dare say I've heard that somewhere else. Does it sound do unto others as you would have them do unto you? A biblical principle Jesus himself spoke of in the Sermon on the Mount, that's number two. Number one, the number one, the top ten, the number one answer is choose to forgive. Choose to forgive. Love keeps no record of wrong. Choose to forgive. Communication is a dangerous fox. Choose to forgive and talk to one another in the spirit of the Lord, and we can take care of that fox and and keep the garden growing. Amen? All right, that's number three. Two more. Number four. The next fox. The fox of wasted time or lost time. I worded it that way very intentionally because some time that I waste, it's my fault. Some time that I lose, I had no control over. Some of you can attest to that because you all serve in an organization that tells you many times where you need to be and how long you're going to be there. Some things are in our control. Some things are out of our control. I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5 and I want to read this to you. Ephesians chapter 5 where it talks about time. Paul talks about this in Ephesians 5 verses 15 and 16. I want you to see this and you can make a note of it. He says this. He says, Pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. God calls us to make the most of our time, but many, many times... We lose time. Well, for those times that you and I waste time, I can't help but think of what we read in Song of Solomon five, where the Shulamite and, the, and, and, and Solomon kept missing each other. That was a sort of a time, a lost time, a lost opportunity to, to get together. You and I have those things where where I have to admit it's my fault. I I lost this time. I let this time slip by. And for those times. We, we repent of those things, and we, and we work on those things together to to get to, to make the most of our time. But also, for those times where we, we are trying to make the most of our time, and we're not in control of how long a training goes. We're not in control of how long the workday goes sometimes. And those things are challenging, and, and we recognize that. But let me encourage you, the way we guard that fox is those things that are out of our control got it. When we do have time together, make the most of those times. When we do have time together, make the most of those times. Maybe we have to schedule it. Maybe we have to plan ahead a little bit more. Whatever it takes in your life to make the most of the time, to guard against the fox of time that is lost. Figure out a way to do that. And then the last fox I want to share with you is probably one of the most dangerous foxes, and that is the fox number five of sexual immorality. The fox of sexual immorality. I want to read to you one passage. I will mention two. We won't turn there, but in Proverbs chapter five, Solomon, who also wrote Proverbs five, gave a warning to his son about sexual immorality. And he says, my son, don't go there, stay away. He talks about going to the adulterer's house, and he warns to stay away. And that's in Proverbs chapter 5. But I want want you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I want to show you what Paul said about sexual immorality. 1 Corinthians 6 verses 18 through 20. He makes a very simple statement, and as you're turning there, let me say this in 1 Corinthians 6, 18. That word in the Greek for for immorality is a word that is all-encompassing for any any kind of impurity that is outside the bonds of marriage, outside the intended design that God has for us in in our intimacy. Does that make sense? Here's what Paul says in verse 18. He says, flee from sexual immorality. In other words, stay away from it. Do everything you can to not just it's more than just, oh, I'm not gonna do it. It's it's I'm gonna do everything I can to be intentional to stay away from it. And he says, every other sin is a person every other sin a person commits is outside his body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Do you not know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? I've heard people apply that verse to like I got to eat healthy because my body's a temple. And although that's true, what Paul his main point here is is this immorality piece. You are not your own; you're bought with a price. So honor God with your body. The fox of sexual immorality. Let me share with you another author who helped us in our sermon series tremendously. His name is Danny Akin, and he gives some examples of of how to how to. Be on the lookout for this fox. He says, for example, inventing excuses to spend time with someone of the opposite sex, increasing contact with them. He says, if you're being preoccupied with the thoughts of another person besides your husband or beside your wife, remember, intimacy, or excuse me, self disclosure breeds intimacy. Self-disclosure is is appropriate at times, but for someone who is married, self-disclosure with someone of the opposite sex can breed intimacy, which is a very dangerous fox that can come into your marriage. He lists exchanging gifts with a, quote, friend of the opposite sex, making daily weekly contact with someone by phone, putting yourself in a situation where someone you want to spend time with may show up, Spending time alone with anyone of the opposite sex. Inordinate time on the internet. Chaplain Harrison talked about the dangers and the the sinfulness and and just the destruction of of pornography. Friends, beware this little fox. Single folks, hear me. Don't think, well, I'm going to do some of these things while I'm not married. I'll look at things on the internet. But when I get married, I'll be married and I won't be doing all those sinful things anymore. I'm warning you now, that's not how it's going to work. Choose today to live godly so that tomorrow you'll continue to live a righteous life and be blessed by the Lord. What's the antidote for that? Well, stay away from temptation and continue to love one another as a husband and a wife. And let me close with this. I said this at the beginning. Some of us are going to read these things, and I hope and I pray that it's thanks for the reminder from the Bible. I'm going to make a note, and I'm going to continue to work to keep these foxes out. Praise the Lord. There's some of us who, in one of these categories, you're hearing this message, and you're hearing God's word, and you go, wow, chaplain, that is exactly where I'm at. That fox has not only breached the fence, he is in, and this fox is wreaking havoc in my life. Well, I have good news. The key to catching the foxes is the key to everything in the Christian life. God says, if we confess our sins, what does he say? He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. We always have the opportunity with the Lord to repent, and he expresses his forgiveness to us. The antidote is, I hope and pray we can be an example of the gospel with each other. And repent where we've failed, where we've sinned. And forgive one another. Christ is essential at this point. We cannot do it without the Lord Jesus Christ. And that repentance and that forgiveness should lead to change. It should lead to growth. In other words, it's not just this idea of like, well, I repented, so I'm good to go. No. For example, let's say the fox of sexual immorality There might be some repentance and there might be some forgiveness. But for for that to cultivate more, you know what? There might have to come along with that. There may be some accountability. There may be some tell your spouse, you can see everything I look at on the Internet. I'm a blank slate. I want to be pure. Accountability builds trust. Accountability will help you grow in that area. Remember how much you and I have been forgiven by Christ when these little foxes come whether we're building our fence to continue to have a growing relationship or whether those foxes are in there and doing their bad business, I hope and pray today that we can have opportunity to grow and opportunity to help take care of these foxes and flourish in our marriage relationships. In the bulletin, there's an insert called How to Bless Rather Than Curse Your Relationships. This sermon is like all of our Song of Solomon sermons. It's not the kind of sermon where you're going to make a decision right now, and that's going to be the end-all, be-all for how to apply this message to your life. So what we've tried to do every week is give you something to take home. This is simply 10 ways to be a blessing in your relationship. And every... Every one of the points has verses with it. I encourage you maybe to take this home and to use it as a little Bible study with your family this week. As you, as you think through these foxes, there may be some conversations that have to happen that are, that are difficult. Maybe it'll be a thing where you sit down and say, well, how can we, instead of having fixed these little foxes, communication, whatever it is, roles, and we come here and say, what does God have to say to us? I hope and pray that as we continue in this series, that we too can flourish, because sometimes the foxes come, but with the Lord and through Jesus Christ, we can continue to strive to be an example of Christ and his church to the world as we live out our lives together. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are here with us today. I pray that you would help us to see the little foxes, God, maybe some of us are in denial. Help us not to ignore them as if that'll make it better. God, help us to work on these things. Help us to, as the Shulamite and Solomon did, as we keep reading, we see they overcame their differences and they continued in their love. May we continue in our love as well. I pray for couples in here. I pray for singles in here. I pray that all of our relationships would be bring honor and glory to your name. And God bless us as we go this week. Help us to catch these foxes for your sake and for your glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.